Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, August 10th, 2023. And our top story today, retired Barbie has 30% more in retirement savings. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more is Dr. Teresa Gillarducci from The New School. Dr. Gillarducci, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Yeah, it's really good to see you again, Jeffrey. Yeah, and, and I, I love that we're talking about Barbie. Um, uh, full disclosure, I grew up, my, my, one of my ass as a young boy was I wanted a baby doll and my, my mother did not get me a Barbie, but she got me a baby doll to play with. So the audience is probably very surprised there. But Barbie has been a sensational hit, not only in the box office, but as a, as a toy uh, for 60 plus years. And I want to ask you, how, how's Barbie doing when, as far as saving for retirement? How, is she on top of her retirement game? Oh, uh, retire, um, retirement for women um, is fantastic for Barbie. Um, she's continuously employed. She's never a mother. Uh, so she doesn't have the drain of, um, of children on her time, on her work life, on her engagement, and um, on college funds and on her retirement funds. So retirement in Barbie land is fantastic for women. Um, Barbie land doesn't have patriarchy. Um, and therefore, someone who lives uh, without the impression of patriarchy does much better in saving for retirement. Yeah. And, and I mean, she's had in her 60 years, I mean, she's aged exceptionally well, but she has had so many different careers. And I'm not, you know, I, there's too many to list, but she said so many careers. I have to think that her 401k and she probably has a pension because she's been working for 60 years. Yeah, you're actually right. I mean, she's got to be lock set for uh, retirement. Yeah, one of the best things about Barbie is that she was able to join the workforce uh, before the rise of the 401k system. So she had a good 20 years um, under, you know, she was a full-blown adult when she was born and she was engaged in the <laughs> workforce as soon as she was born. So she had no time off and she worked under the DB um, system for at least 20 years. So that earned her credits to a lifelong annuity. And because of some of her careers in unionized industries, her DB plan um, was indexed to inflation. And her fellow Barbies, or her, um, uh, her comrades, her sisters, um, came in behind her and helped fuel those industries to be thriving industries that contributed to the DB plan. And then she, she um, was able um, to be one of the few people, percentage of the few people in the workforce that could take advantage of the 401k glories. She was always in the workforce, so she never leaked out her, um, her balances. Um, children and other kinship networks didn't grab onto her, uh, her 401k as their piggy bank for, uh, um, I don't know, going to college or getting out of jail or paying back <laughs> child support. Because we find that that women in the real world, where yeah. Barbie uh, ventured <laughs> to for a little bit in the movie, um, had to do all that. So yeah, look- she has the DB plan and she has a 401k plan. Yeah. And, and so I was going to do, you know, we had some fun with Barbie. Uh, obviously, that is a fantasy uh, construct and, and not reality. Let's talk about reality here, Dr. Gilarducci. Let's talk about women. How are they doing relative to what Barbie experienced in, in Barbie land? In Barbie land. So real world women, and we saw some of those um, in, 
in in the movie for, for those of um, the, the few who have not seen it, um, Barbie goes into to the real world and she encounters um, a few women. One of the women that one of the scenes in the movie that just struck me as poignant uh, for those who saw it and for those who didn't uh, was when Barbie takes this beautiful Mar uh, uh, Margot uh, Robbie, looks at an older woman for a long time, and it gives her the best compliment she could possibly give her because she's stereotypical Barbie and points out that she is beautiful, says to her she's beautiful. And the director makes you look at that old woman for a lot longer time than I remember looking at any old woman in any Hollywood movie. And the older woman says, yes, I am beautiful. So there is growing consciousness in the real world of women's empowerment, but their real life experiences have not caught up in terms of the work of life balance and therefore their pension accumulations have not caught up, Jeff. They, yeah. um, women are more likely to have pension coverage at work than men. That happened about 15 years ago. So it's not as though women aren't in jobs where employers have jobs. Women are much more likely to be employed in education and healthcare, where there is a disproportionately higher rate of 401k coverage. Um, and, and they're also as likely to participate as men. So there's nothing about women that don't want pensions. There's nothing about women that don't want to save. But what happens is that women still make uh, much less than men, you know, for uh, an hour of work. And women are much more likely to have to leave the, the labor force um, to, to do care work for young children, for sure, um, but also for parents. And in, in the real world, it's nothing about the differences between men and women's brains that do this. It's a construct called patriarchy that um, leaves women to do the, um, the lesser work, which is the unpaid work, um, and also to be um, isolated in low paid occupation or to, um, to accept um, lower paid jobs with equal work. And that is a subtle construct of patriarchy that can um, reinforce itself uh, as women see that other women um, do, do not have the powerful positions in society or at the workplace. Um, and it, it just accumulates over the lifetime. It's a lifeline accumulation of subordinated status in the labor force um, means that women come to the world of retirement with 30% less pension income than men. Yeah. And, and Teresa, I need to take a very quick break. I want to pick this up on the flip side. When we come back, we'll talk about what women can do, how they can narrow the gap. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? 
especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Dr. Teresa Gilarducci of The New School. Dr. Gilarducci, thanks so much for staying with us for segment number two this morning. Yeah, good. Um, so, Dr. Gilarducci, let's, let's first, let's talk about what employers can do. I'm going to talk about narrowing the gap. Um, and I want to ask you, does the um, does this environment now where there's a lot of freelancing going on, the gig economy, does that actually, can that help women narrow the gap? So let's start with what employers can do, and then let's start, let, let's go into the gig economy. Oh, that, that's great. Um, so um, em, employers can help um, women and, and men um, have equal pension rights. I don't know if employers want to. They get a lot of advantage from this system of patriarchy and work. Um, but employers that um, are offended, you know, um, by this inequity, um, can pay women and men the same. Um, that they can give uh, women what they deserve and to men no more than they deserve. Um, and they really have to check their own biases, whether they're the employer is a man or a woman or doesn't identify. Um, because what to live in a system called patriarchy, um, we have these implicit biases, it's called, or we have these notions, um, these stereotypes that are really hard to be conscious of. So we have to be um, to be sure that we are describing the work that women do um, in the same way, in the same way, in the same importance, the work that men do. Often what men do are is measurable and defined. Um, but what women do is uh, a whole host of tasks that she that that she does uh, at the same time. Um, administrative assistant or secretary is a really good example um, that you're um, talking to an irate customer at the same time you're in, inviting an important guest, you know, in to see your boss. And that kind of dualism and going back and forth is a skill that people expected from their mothers. Here's a cookie, here's you know soothing um, a depression, um, here's managing a crisis. Um, but just because we saw our mothers do it for free, you know, or from, or from low pay, um, doesn't mean that the women at work can do that. So you pay women and men the same for, the, for equal work and you promote women into men's jobs. Um, men's jobs usually have a, a higher reward to effort ratio. I'm not saying that men have it, have it good. There's lots of things we could talk about how men suffer in patriarchy, but we're talking about this one particular way. Not being paid the same as men means that your pension is going to accumulate. Um, you also uh, want to make, really pay attention to your work-life balance for all your employees. You have to encourage men to take uh, whatever parental leave there is. That You have to actually model um, uh, non-stereotypical roles among your employers and not 
indirectly punish men um, for taking time off or, or taking a kid to a um, to a doctor's appointment or dealing with their with their parents. So you have to give men a break too to do, to do that unpaid care work. The gig economy is fascinating. Um, more men than women, of course, are drivers in Lyft and Uber, um, but more uh, women than men are on Etsy. There are more women and men who are involved in care.com. Those are just three platform employers um, that, that people know about, but there are many, many more, TaskRabbit and whatever. And these platform economies, DoorDash, to, um, to, name, to name one in particular, are very interested in, in letting their employees participate in these employee benefits that the traditional employees are used to, at least half of the workforce are. So one of the ways that they can do that is to enroll them into a platform pension plan. Now we don't have very many good ones and we hope that Secure 2.0 creates some of those, but there are some proposals in Congress um, that will allow give workers to um, uh, and employers to be enrolled in a kind of a government and not-for-profit run pension plan in which the government would automatically deposit um, matches. Now, I don't know how technical you want to be in that, but you're getting my gist, yeah. is that everybody needs to be in a savings plan for their whole career. If they have an unstable job, they move from job to job, or they have a job their whole life. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, that that what we're seeing, and men and women, if they are part of this gig economy and they don't have access, or work for a small employer, they do not have access to a qualified or 401k plan to save what they need to save. And that, that I think, to your point, is what Secure 2.0 is uh, trying to help solve with the pooled employer plans and multiple employer plans, et cetera. Uh, Dr. Gilarducci, um, just we have a, a little bit more time left, just about a minute or so. Um, what, what else can government do? Uh, talk about Social Security. Talk. I know that you were had some thoughts about the federal thrift plan. Maybe that could be a platform or a roadmap forward um, for for Americans to save. Yeah, uh, you know, what one thing I love about your program is that you're talking to most to a lot of us who are in the pension and the pension and the security business. We're interested in old age. Um, but, and we all know, I just know the expert opinion there, you're one, I'm one, um, that people need to save for their whole careers and not invade it and not leak it and do it persistently and at high rates. Secure 2.0, Secure 2, 3.0, the way it's been evolving is not going to do it. It, it helps um, automatically enroll people whose employers already have a plan, but it's not really increasing employers' desire to have a plan. Employers have good reasons not to. So let's get employers really off the hook. Stop expecting them to do what they haven't done uh, almost all of Barbie's lifetime in the last 40 years. And so what the thrifts, there's a, that bill in Congress I, I told you about, their Retirement Security Act for All Americans, or um, for All Americans Act. The RSA, RSA, the last Congress, it was supported by Republicans and Democrats, so it already has hope. It's not dead on arrival by just being um, you know, on the Democrat side. And what it does is allow access to a version of the thrift savings plan for people who don't 
know if uh, federal employees are in a pension plan called the Thrift Savings Plan. Everybody on the you know in Washington knows about the plan because they're in the plan. Yeah. It yeah. works very well, very low administrative cost, um, very uh, good options um, to invest. And everybody would be enrolled. It would just be automatic if you don't have a plan at work. So it doesn't threaten any 401k provider or any DB plan. If these are just for people that don't have it, which as you said, it's the vast majority of people who are earning earnings below the median, that's 50%. And a huge group, like 38% of people in that next 40%, the middle class and, and upper middle class workers that also don't have an employer plan, it automatically enrolls them, no matter what job they have, when they go job to job in a, a mandatory, practically mandatory savings plan. Just like Social Security follows you around, no matter where you work, you know, um, and most people are above the board and pay their taxes, uh, mainly because of the earned income tax credit. Um, if you're in Social Security, then you automatically have a pension like people in the higher income groups. So I think it's some of the most promising legislation to be proposed that I've seen in the past 40 years. Yeah, you know, I guess my biggest frustration as somebody in the industry is it moves at a glacial glacial pace. And uh, there have been a lot of good positive changes, but but I feel like we need to do more and, and sooner. Uh, that's just my personal- I think all of us. Yeah, yeah I think I mean, all of us agree. Yeah, it's just, it just gets frustrating sometimes when you see that there are ways to really help people and, you, and there are these barriers. But Again, that's why we talk about it on this program. Dr. Gil Ardici, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for sharing your insight. And look, we appreciate talking about Barbie as well. Have a great rest of your day. We look forward to having you back very soon. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest? Someone you think we should talk to? Drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, visit our website, of course. And we're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.